Today is one of those Sundays where we're in between a series and a Palm Sunday next week, and it's a communion Sunday. And today, um, actually, we don't have to use those little contraptions that we've been using uh, for the last few months. And so it's kind of a celebration of communion. We really wanted to lean in communion today. So I'm going to preach about communion. And um, Don said that he can't remember a time when a sermon was preached about sermon in the last 20 years. And I know myself, I have not preached many sermons on just what communion is, is all about. So I thought I'd, I'd take this time today to talk about communion and what kind of happens when we um, participate in, in this meal. You know, we're a community church, and so we have people from all different backgrounds, uh, which is kind of interesting. I think community churches used to be unique, but really the Presbyterian churches I've served are pretty much community churches as well. Uh, today, people really are not uh, so committed to denominations as they have been in the past. They go to a church that feels right. And so the churches I've served have been very much uh, like Piedmont Community, community churches where we have people from all different uh, backgrounds who have grown up maybe in all different kinds of churches. Uh, we have people from, from Baptist, from Catholic, from Mormon, uh, community churches, uh, Church of Christ. We even have some charismatics from the Assemblies of God uh, denomination in our church. Anglican, Church of Christ, even Presbyterian. <laughs> so we really, and, and there are more, actually. So we have a great, uh, a great variety of folks who um, have experienced and have come from churches which maybe emphasize different parts of communion. And so I thought I'd take a moment just to kind of talk about what what we kind of do and what we experience as we take communion. And for the scripture today, I'd just like to read what we know as the words of institution, these, these words that uh, we say every time we have communion together. And this comes from uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11. We'll begin at verse 23. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Uh, let's pray and then we'll jump right in. God, we pray that uh, you would speak to us today. Uh, that these words would not just be my words but, uh, or my thoughts, but be to us uh, your very word to us. Lord, help us to understand a little bit more the, the mystery of what happens as we share together in your meal. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, right up front, what I want to say is communion is one of our two sacraments. You know, the other being baptism. I love the definition of sacrament that I've, I've heard one time, and it's this. Sacraments are a hug of God. I like that. Both baptism and communion, what they really communicate to us more than anything is this great love 
that God has for us. And so uh, really they are, in our tradition, they, they are visible signs of God's invisible grace. Visible signs of God's invisible grace. And depending on the tradition that you're familiar with or you grow up in, you may know uh, communion by uh, different names. Each name really emphasizes kind of a different aspect of the Lord's Supper. You may refer to it as communion, which is what we often refer, refer to it here, or Holy Communion. And this name, obviously, stresses the truth that as we gather around this table together, we have communion with God, with Christ, with each other. The presence of Christ is with us. And our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world. This is what we believe, that uh, our hearts are joined together mysteriously through the power of the Holy Spirit our hearts are joined together with uh, Christians throughout the world. I love on uh, World Communion Sunday when we, uh, we, we stress this fact that it's just not us taking communion, but brothers and sisters throughout the world, out in the br- brush and bush in Africa, in big cities, uh, beginning in Australia and going across the world as we come back to us, it's, it's we are joined together with Christians throughout the world from all different traditions. And not just from around the world. This is what we believe is that our hearts are joined together again through the mystery of God with saints of all time. So our communion just doesn't transcend distance. It transcends time as well. Perhaps the tradition you're from uh, calls the sacrament the Eucharist. And of course, Eucharist comes from the Greek word eucharisto, which means thanksgiving. So this is a meal of thanksgiving where we take time to give thanks to God for all that God has given to us in Christ through the death and resurrection of Christ. It's a, a celebration of new, new life in Christ, of forgiveness and the promise of eternal life. If you come from a Roman Catholic background, which many of us do, you will most certainly know this as the Mass. And this word, Mass, comes from a Latin phrase that was said at the end of the Lord's Supper during medieval times. And what it means is you are sent out So we gather together, we are fed spiritually at this table. We are reinforced to what? To go out into the world and to feed a hungry world, both spiritually and physically. To do Christ's work. But whatever word you are familiar with, basically it's a meal, isn't it? It's the Lord's Supper a meal of thanksgiving, a meal of communion with Christ, a meal of joy and hope in the power of the Spirit who gives us new life and provides a foretaste of what we call the great messianic banquet. And this is referred to many times 
in the New Testament that when we share this meal together, it's a foretaste of the end of time when all people will gather around this table, the messianic banquet, when we will experience God's grace, God's love, God's joy, what we experience just in part here on earth. This is, this is what we know about heaven. We don't know a lot about heaven, <laughs> but this we know, that we will experience what we know in part here in all its fullness. And we will experience what God intended for the beginning, from the beginning for all of us to experience. Mutual love and joy and sharing. And when we participate in this meal together, we are sitting down at the table with and having a meal with Jesus Christ. He is the host. It is his supper. Sunday dinner with Jesus. You know, when you think about the Lord's Supper in this way, it's, it's, it's not too difficult to separate this meal from many of the meals that Jesus had that are recorded in the Gospels. I mean, it, it, it's hard to go through a page in the Gospels without Jesus eating with someone. <laughs> Someday I want to preach a sermon series called Dinners with Jesus. <laughs> And just look at all the meals that Christ had. It is a very important part of his ministry. When Jesus sits down and has a meal with people. You know, his first miracle was what? At a wedding banquet. And many of the parables of Jesus also talk about banquets and dinners, meals. And if you read those stories, and this tells us a lot about the Lord's Supper, as you read those stories, you will realize that Jesus is having meals with all kinds of people, with rich people, with powerful people, with religious people, with not-so-religious people, with prostitutes and, and tax collectors, and others who at that time were considered outside the grace of God. Here's what's important about Christ having meals with all kinds of people, especially those who are marginalized. You know, in the Middle East, even today, if you go to the Middle, Middle East, having a meal with someone is a powerful, it has a, carries a powerful message with it. What it's saying is I accept you. I value you as a person. I want to be in relationship with you. It's, it's very powerful. And really what Jesus is saying to these people, especially the outsiders who were not valued in that time, is crossing over some barriers. And he's saying, you matter a great deal to me. And I love you as well as the insiders. Of course, for the people receiving that grace, these, these people who had been marginalized and were told perhaps 
for their whole lives that they were outside of the grace of God. What a powerful thing for them to sit down with a religious leader like Jesus and to know this person values me. I matter to this person. For them, it was a moving experience, I'm sure. For the religious people, the insiders, eh, got Jesus in trouble. Perhaps, maybe more than anything else, this is what got Jesus in trouble. And we read in the gospel so many times that when the religious people, the insiders, saw Jesus eating with these kinds of people, they did what? They muttered. I love that word. They muttered, Who is this religious leader who sits down and eats with these kinds of people? Got him in big trouble. Doesn't he know that they're sinners? That they're outside of the grace of God? And maybe more than anything else, Jesus, by eating with these people, this is the new covenant that are in the words of institution that I just read. The new covenant of God's grace being extended. The boundaries being pushed out. You guys, this is what got Jesus in trouble. Because the religious people are going, you know, what is my church attendance? Why does that matter? Or my giving and my tithing and all my spirituality. If these people can come in and have meals with Jesus. Why is, why is there no distinction? Now we look at that and we think, oh, how could they do that, these people? And yet, this happens sometimes in the church today. How can this person be at church? And sit at the table. It tells us a lot about how we see the Lord's Supper, having a meal with Jesus, and having others have a meal with Jesus. It tells us a lot about how we view the Lord's Supper. It takes a, tells us a lot about how we view the church and the ministry of the church. I had a professor in seminary named Ray Anderson who I just really respected a lot. He wrote a book called The Soul of Ministry, trying to get to what is it that we're really trying to do in ministry as a church? What is it we're all about? How do we effectively and realistically minister to people outside the church in a life-giving and a healing way. And one of the chapters in his book, it's called The Ministry of the Church as a Sacrament of Forgiveness and Healing, which I think is what the church should be about. And he tells this story. He said, you know, I, when I was a pastor of a church, I had a man in my congregation who really who was a committed Christian, loved Christ, but was, had struggled for years with alcoholism. And he said one Sunday night before a communion service, a Sunday night service, another member of the congregation came in right before the service was to start, and he came to Ray and said, Ray, Joe is out in the parking lot and he wants to talk to you. 
So Ray went out and was immediately concerned because he could tell that, that Joe was struggling. Another night of struggling with alcohol. And, and Joe said to him, Ray, I have slipped and fallen again. I've had too much to drink and I'm in no shape to attend the service and have communion tonight. But I wanted you to know why I'm not here or why I'm not there. And Ray responded in this way, which is what I think we as a church should respond to things like this. Put his arm around Joe's shoulders and said, this is exactly where you should be. This is exactly where you need to be tonight. And you need to come and share in the meal with us because when we gather, it is the Lord who is the host of our table and we are all present, all of us, as needy persons. He said, I want you to come and be with us. Now, this kind of shook some people up in the church when they saw Joe doing this and they muttered. It happens today, we mutter. How we react to something like that tells us so much how we see the Christian faith and the ministry of the church and the Lord's Supper. Is the Lord's Supper only open to us when we have our lives in perfect order? Or when we have the illusion (laughs) that our lives are in perfect order? Or is it a place where we can bring our whole selves? Whatever's going on in our lives. We can bring our fears, our doubts, our struggles, our brokenness, our joys, our strengths. We bring our whole selves to it. I remember a woman in my church made an appointment with me and, and she came into the office and we began to talk and she told me her story. She said, Steve, my life is falling apart. It's in a million pieces. I'm going through a divorce. I've lost my job. I'm just kind of lost. I'm having a really, really hard time. And here's, this is a woman who was faithfully coming every Sunday, involved in the life of our church. She said, you know, it's really hard for me to come to church on Sunday to worship. And I know I need to be there because it helps me, but I I feel like during the worship service, I want to get up and look back to everybody in the congregation and say, you know, my life is a mess. (laughs) She said, you know, we come and we put on our nice clothes and makeup and our hair's right and we present ourselves as having everything together. And my life's not together. My life is a big mess. Sometimes I just want to come in my pajamas <laughs> with my hair all messed up and no makeup as a way of just saying, you know what? I'm broken. I'm a big mess. And I need you to know that I need you to love me for who I am. That's my view of the church. I said, you know what? We should have Pajama Sunday. (laughs) And we did. No, we didn't. (laughs) But I wish we had. 
Because that's how we come, folks. I, at least I, that's how I hope we come. I have a neighbor who grew up in Piedmont. Uh, I think in the set, went to high school in the 70s. Catholic. She said, you know, I remember growing up in Piedmont. Piedmont Community Church, that was kind of for the people that had it all together. Wore really nice clothes. Kind of the upper crust of Piedmont. She said, I never quite, felt quite good enough to go there. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what our reputation is today. But what I hope is that our reputation will be, wow, those people wear pajamas. <laughs> that we can come and, and know that we're loved for who we are. With all our brokenness. That we can be real and authentic I'll tell you what, that's an attractive church. Amen to that? That's what we all want, is to be loved just for who we are. So this table, when Jesus hosts this meal, you know what? It's a come-as-you-are meal. You don't have to get all dressed up and be fancy and best etiquette etiquette and all the rest. It's come as you are. With all your brokenness, with all that's going on with your life, your hopes and your dreams, struggles, bringing to the the table those things that keep defeating you that you feel like, I'm never going to have victory in this area, relational problems, whatever it is, We come, you know, when we come to this table, the floor is level. We all come as needy people to be fed. The only requirement is that we're hungry. (laughs) That's it. So let's prepare for coming to the table today by uh, singing this this great spiritual uh, Let us break bread together and then we'll share in the meal together.